Welcome to the Of Sound Mind podcast. I'm really excited about this episode. Uh, as a father, this conversation was very encouraging. Uh, it definitely sharpened me, and I know for a fact that you'll enjoy it as well. With that being said, let's get into today's episode. What is going on, everybody? Hey, I'm here with my very good friend, Justin, uh, with Be A Man. And uh, Justin, if you would, just go ahead and tell everybody who you are, what Be A Man is, all that good stuff. All right. Hey, Cody, I appreciate you having me on. Um, it's uh, always a privilege. I enjoy talking about these these things. I enjoy talking about uh, uh, manhood, family, faith, you name it. I enjoy it. And uh, I appreciate this opportunity. I am um, nearing 40. Uh, my wife and I, we will be celebrating our 15 year anniversary this year in December, later this month. Congrats. Uh, oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It seems like, I mean, yesterday, I know everybody says that, but it, it really does. And uh, I mean, four kids later, and, you know, we, our oldest just turned 13. We have a nine year old, five year old, and a two year old. So we are always busy. It is always loud. It's always weird, you know, when you go out on a date because it's very quiet. <laughs> it's not normal. <laughs> so it usually takes us like 20 minutes to actually realize that this is, you know, everything's okay. Like nothing's bad's happening <laughs> right now. So Right. I feel like it's kind of uncomfy in a, in a way because you're like just expecting something to go wrong or somebody yeah. eat something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, uh, I, I enjoy I enjoy being a dad. I enjoy being a, a husband. Um, it, it's, you know, there's few things that bring greater joy than those. And um, I, I can honestly say that is this is what I always dreamed of. Um, as I started getting older, I, I wanted a family. I, I wanted, you know, this. And uh, I am grateful to God that he gave me this. And it is truly a blessing to me. And, you know, concerning my uh, content, I it, it kind of bore out of yeah, 2019. I just started. There were some health things happening uh, in my extended family and some heart things. And it just kind of got me thinking and you know, I was, I, I had one son at that time and um, I, I, I wanted to leave him something that he could visually see that I was about. If something happened to me, you know, what, what could I leave a legacy or what could I leave that he would remember? And uh, I started my, my Instagram just posting random things that I thought um, were good, that I thought talked about manhood and you know, the other side of it, too, was I think we started and I've seen it for quite a while, but we have a manhood. Um, I, I think the real pandemic or whatever you want to call it is a lack of uh, men in our society mm. and uh, what men should be or what we should be about, not just what we've been taught or tried to be convinced that a man is. Uh, there's so much more to it. I, I just I look back through history and you see these men who would rise up when a challenge came and we don't have that today. It, it just seems like um, there's a lot of that lacking in our society. Mm -hmm. And 
so I just wanted to share, you know, kind of something. And, you know, I thought maybe I'd give it a month or two and see how it goes. And uh, sure enough, I started meeting more people. I mean, it's where we met. And it's just, you know, 20 years ago, none of this is possible. What we're doing right now is not possible. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it became a new avenue where um, it started out as kind of that journal idea, some things that I thought were important. And but then I started having some conversations. You know, I I'm kind of known for posting something on Sundays, you know, encouraging men to go to church. And there's always different responses to that. And there began to um, I, I began to receive some messages where people started asking me more. And there's been several opportunities where I've gotten to share the gospel with some people and, and some have responded well, some's not so well. And that's just how it goes. That's how people responded to Jesus too. Some enjoyed what he said, some didn't. And, and you know, Paul said, we're the messenger, you know, um, that's what we're called to do. And so I, I, it began to grow in my mind what could happen with this and what could come of it. And this past August, I started a, a podcast after being on a, uh, someone else had me uh, on just to have a general conversation. And I, I really enjoyed it. My, my oldest had been nagging me about doing something because she, she enjoys listening to things like I do. We're very much alike in that. And, and, and I kept putting it off. I don't have time. I'm too busy. All these things. I don't like listening to myself that much, all that. And, and, I went on there and I really enjoyed just having the conversation. And now I just, I thoroughly enjoy giving guys an opportunity just to speak to what they view as manhood or what is essential to manhood or, you know, what uh, areas they can encourage other men to be better men. And that's really what I'm about and what I really want to push on other uh, people because it can often feel like we're alone and we don't have somebody with us in the fight, but that that's not true. And I've been encouraged personally. I get so much more out of it than what I could ever could ever share. And and, and I I have found that I've been encouraged that there's other men in the battle going through and trying to learn, trying to be the best men they can be, who's been frustrated with the kind of things that we were taught growing up. Uh, just in, in school and in society and culture. And, and, you know, we look out around us now and we see a culture that is totally upside down. That is just totally just, I, I mean, wicked in many ways. And I don't throw that word out lightly, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I just find myself desiring more. And there's other guys like that. And it's not just here. I just talked to a guy last week from Australia who was talking about having a community, a a group with a bunch of guys. They get together for breakfast once a month and they just open up the Bible and they just start talking. I'm like, that's awesome. I talked to a guy last yesterday from Canada who told me the exact same thing. (laughs) And it's just amazing that this is not just a, you know, U.S. thing or, or Western culture type thing. This is going on all around the world. And it's really cool to start seeing this. It, it really is. So, I mean, I went on there a little bit long, but no. uh, that's that's what I'm about. That's awesome. And and wow. First of all, I commend you greatly. Um, there are not a lot of there's not a lot of men who, you know, are willing to step out, out especially out of their comfort zone, because I know for a lot of men, 
um, social media is, is definitely out of their comfort zone. I hear it all the time. And, you know, for you, for for you and people like you to kind of step out and, and be a voice for men and to kind of encourage them and, and, you know, maybe they don't get an example of what it means to be a man anywhere else. And, and if they just happen upon your page that, you know, there's that, that, that foundation that they can look at, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's so, yeah. and, and I feel like I would arguably say maybe the past 30, 40 years, there's just been a castration of men. Mm. And, and it's, it's so important, especially now. And I know we talk about it and all of all of us new podcasters, we all talk about how 2020 was like, it just opened up a door for people. I'm seeing a lot more podcasts start. I'm seeing Instagram pages start all over the place. And maybe that's just because now, like, I'm starting to get involved in this. Um, and by the way, you had mentioned that you had been on somebody's podcast and you enjoyed the conversation. That's literally why I started this podcast. Um, first is Father yeah on and then you had me on and it was kind of the same thing like I really enjoyed it but it's it also I saw the importance of it um because when we start talking about things and we we get our voices out there and we start sharing the gospel and we we start sharing what it means to be a man and a husband and a father um men will come and they will listen and it also puts a big responsibility on your shoulders because you know you <laughs> It, you know, you say the wrong thing or or whatever that it, it to, you, to me, that's what it feels like. You know, maybe they don't see it that people see it that way, but it's just so crucial for, you know, for for us men. But it's so cool. It's so cool to see all these things happening. And, and God's definitely moving in a, in a crazy way, especially just within the past couple of years, I would say. Um, at least that's what I've noticed. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. And. And, and truthfully, I, I'll give a confession here. I, I would drop all social media in a minute if it wasn't that I saw that there was an opportunity yeah. to reach more people. And uh, I think we are we need to use the tools that are available to us, at least while we still can. Mm -hmm. And I I have found that this is a tool that we can use and even though I get annoyed by certain things sometimes, like I, I, I mean, I posted something the other night and I, I had several just comments about that's just trash and all this stuff. You're some Alex Jones conspiracy theorist and all this, you know, weirdo uh, stuff coming at me. And I, you know, and I'll usually engage at least a little bit to see if they're legit or not. And uh, most of the time they're not, but every once in a while you'll get somebody that will actually, respectfully engage with you and want to have a kind of a conversation about it. Mm. And those are always nice. I, I enjoy doing that, but I, you know, it, it just, if you want everybody to like you, I, I forget who said it. Maybe it was Abraham Lincoln. I can't remember. He said, go sell ice cream, right? Cause uh, no one's mad at an ice cream guy. Uh, but if we're going to say things that are very much countercultural and against the norm and even like the word discipline uh, people don't like hearing that mm. or telling people to not just do what makes you happy sometimes we're called to do things that need just need to be done right and i think we're gonna stir feathers uh we're gonna stir the pot 
uh, people are going to get up in arms and, and that's okay. I think, because at some point somebody has to look at uh, those who have bought into this lie and tell them, actually, you're doing it wrong. Actually, discipline is a good thing. Actually, it's actually more loving to tell my kid not to go in the street and reprimand him if he tries to go in the street than to just let him go out there because that would that would be what makes him feel happy. And I think that's a, that's something that has been lost in our culture. Mm. And we need to we need to be the ones that stand up and say no. And there's so many areas this could take us down, so many rabbit trails. And I, I mean, I, I, I go down these trails with people if they want to, but I, I just, I see some of the, the things in even, you know, the, the marriage act that they're, they're trying to pass right now. I, I mean, it just, as a, as a believer, as a Christian, I, I'm totally against it, obviously. But on the same side, I mean, there's no protections for religious liberty. So me personally, as a, as a pastor of a small rural church, I'm a little concerned because I know that there will probably be somebody that comes to my door and just wants to ruffle feathers. I, I just know there will be because I've had that already happen before. And so it, it just things like this are being allowed to happen because men have not stood up. Men have not stood their ground and said, no, we're not going to do that anymore. It, it was men who didn't stand up and say no to when the woke mobs came, even though they knew some of the things that they were doing were wrong. They didn't stand up and say no. And I, th I think we need guys who are going to stand up and say, nope, I'm not going down that road. Uh, no matter what the, no matter what the cost is, no matter what happens, I'm going to be the one who stands in the gap and says, nope, not doing it and, and lead our people and lead those who we have influence over, um, which I take as a very humbling thing, mm. but I think we have to lead them in the past because we have seen that there is a better way. I mean, scripture calls us to that way. And when we take our eyes off that scripture, then we, we start to go any path that seems, you know, um, kind of tickling of the ears, if you will. It, it just, it seems shiny uh, over there, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I, I just, I could go on a, a lot of rabbit trails there, but I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> You're good. And, and it, I mean, it, it definitely, we can apply these to, to what we, to what it is that I want to talk about, but you know, I like what you said in your most recent episode, uh, you know, countless stories throughout time of men, um, doing things that they were probably uncomfy doing, uh, making very difficult decisions, uh, true acts of bravery, um, and, and it's shaped the way our country is today, our world is today. And it, it's, I arguably say that it starts with men. And you go even a little bit, you take the microscope out and go even further down with that. It starts with dads. Um, you know, we, we as dads, <laughs> we set the ultimate standard for our kids. And Jesus sets the ultimate standard for us, obviously. Um, 
you know, and, and I'll actually just kind of slide right into what it is I want to talk about. So I'm sure I'm a new dad and I'm also a new dad of a daughter. Now, when we found out my wife was pregnant, (laughs) um, we were dead set on a boy. This was around uh, the end of 2020, maybe early 2021. And uh, no, it was about the end of 2020. This was when I was, I was like fully invested in this manhood thing. Like I was just learning about it, what it meant to be a man and um, all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm fully equipped right now to have a son. Like, let's do this. (laughs) We found out it was going to be a girl. And I just kind of was like, huh. (laughs) Um, So now I have to learn how to be a man for my daughter. Um, What does that look like? because I have no idea. Now I have younger sisters, but having your own daughter is obviously way different. And, you know, I, I searched for answers, looked, and I was like, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm just going to kind of shoot in the dark with this one because I, I had all this time that I had spent investing in being a man and manlyhood, having a son, raising him to be a good man. Now I've got to completely switch gears here. And, uh, and I, the way I parent, um, the way I speak to my daughter, the way I, you know, d- parent in general is it's got to be different. And, um, you know, so that kind of leads me to a question um, when because your your oldest is, is a girl. And yeah. So when you found out you were having a daughter, um, what were some of the key if you have any? key things that you knew, like, this is what I have to do. Uh, and this is what I want to do when I, as I raise my daughter, uh, were there, were there any key things that you knew, like immediately that you, you had to do? Yeah. So, okay. So my oldest just turned 13. So, um, I, and it's crazy. I mean, she's, she's amazing, but, um, 13 years ago, I, in full, honestly, I will tell you what I've learned and and what you're asking. Uh, But if you figure out how to do it perfectly, you will sell a lot of money or a (laughs) lot of books because I don't think anyone knows how to do it perfectly. But uh, (laughs) all all I remember is, you know, part of it's weird too, is because when your wife's pregnant, like she's experiencing it already, but you're kind of not, mm-hmm. and you're just kind of there on the ride. And, and I remember we were young, I was 25, I think when we had her and it was, I remember when she was born, I remember bringing her home and I remember setting her down in the house because I didn't know what to do. And we set her down and I just kind of looked at her and I was sitting there on the couch my wife was doing something else and I don't remember what she's doing. I'm just staring at this little girl, this little thing that we have God has blessed us with because in, in truth, we were told we wouldn't have any kids. So the fact that she's, you know, and we have four now it is, is amazing. God's grace has truly been shown to us. But um, I remember looking at her and realizing in that moment that things were going to change. And what I mean is, is that it, it wasn't just me and my wife, you know, trying to just go through life, have fun, do our own thing anymore. But 
there was someone else that was depending solely on me to provide for them. Now the mom too, but as the dad, you know, ultimately I see that as our responsibility to provide. And I remember looking at her and there, there was just, it was like a, I, Oh, you know, like in the old cartoons when the light bulb would go off on over the guy's head, when they had like a, a bright thought or something that was just new and, you know, uh, to them. And it was one of those moments where the light bulb started going off in my head. And I said, this is our kid. This is our baby. She's depending on me now. There are going to have to be changes. And for some of those, it was working my way to doing what I'm doing now. Um, going through, uh, for me as a pastor, I, I started going to seminary and getting that, uh, my master's degree, all those things and trying to get to where we are now so we could give her the life that we wanted to give her, but also realizing that there were going to have to be things that I would have to teach her. Now I have seen that when they're younger, the mom has much more influence and it's just kind of, they need her more. It's just kind of how life is. It's no, it's no different than a, you know, a, a baby cow needing their their mom. And it, in many ways, it's very similar. They, they look to their mom for that comfort, for those, those types of things. And as they get older, though, it, it starts to switch a little. They still need their mom, but it, it's different. They look for that, um, not so much nurturing anymore that they often get from the mother, mm-hmm. but they are looking for more of that instruction that they need. And um, that often comes more from the dad. Now, it can come from both. It just looks a little different. Right. Um, you know, um, kid falls off the bike. They're usually going to run to the mom first, right? Mm-hmm. They, they want that comfort. They want that hug. Not that I don't hug or any of those things, but I'm usually the one who tells them get right back on the bike right. uh, because they need both things in, in their life. Because if we just say, no, you don't have to do it anymore. You might fall again, all those things, then they're not going to do anything with their life. So we have to be the ones who just kind of stand there and say, yeah, you need to get back on. And they need the father to be there as that kind of, I think one thing I've learned is that they need the consistency of the father mm-hmm. who is steady and who is, they know what he does. They know what he is about. They know what he acts like. Not that we always act the perfect way. I've asked my daughter to forgive me countless times mm-hmm. Because especially the oldest, you're going to blow it and you're going to blow it a lot because truthfully, you're just trying to figure it out in many ways. You can read every book in the world and still mess up. Yeah. And, and that was our case. I, I've messed up so many times. I, I know because she's the oldest. I was the oldest, too. I'm harder on her. And that is something I've tried to, you know, become more gracious with her and I. We can butt heads like no other because we are so much alike and uh, we see things often the same way. But when we don't, you know, it's like uh, you ever seen those two, like when two Rams will bam or, you know, hit heads Mm. uh, against one another. It's often like that. You know, we're just beating heads at each other, just trying to figure out why, uh, why is this not making sense? Why is it not happening the way, it should be. I make sense to me. Everything else makes sense to you that I'm thinking, why is this not making sense? But that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. So, and 
each kid is different. You can't come. My, we have a nine-year-old boy and then a, that five-year-old, another girl. Mm-hmm. And she's totally different than her older sister. I, I mean, totally different. Oh, wow. Um, you know, just very, I mean, just my oldest wasn't, you know, very princessy and all those types of, you know, rainbows and all that. The five-year-old is all about that stuff. You know, the glitter, the the glam, all that kind of stuff. Very, very talkative. My oldest is not. They're just very different. So I have to come at her from a different angle. You know, with my oldest, she's very stubborn too. So it would take several times for things to click with her. Five-year-old, I, I mean, I can look at her one time with a certain look and she's like, I'm dead. You know, she's like, I need to change right now. Because dad is not happy or I messed up. And, uh, and, uh, I, and my, and our youngest, he's even more, uh, like he's even more stubborn than his older sister is, but that one's going to be, that one's going to be a trip. I do believe, but I, I, I hope that kind of answers your question, but I can go into anything you want me to go into more. No, that was perfect, man. Um, you know, one of the things I struggled with was throughout my life, and even now, I see I see plenty of women, uh, you know, from twenty to thirty, who struggle a lot with things like self identity, um, you know, their image, and uh, just all these things that that are very important to women, uh, but it clearly was never. Um, and there was no instruction growing up. Maybe dad wasn't in the home or dad was, you know, a piece of junk or what have you. And and you see these women or these young girls sometimes too, who just, you can just tell like dad is clearly either not present or dad is, is not a good man. And Mm -hmm. that's something that struck fear in me. Not that I'm, you know, a piece of junk, but, um, it's, it's one of those things. Like, I feel like it's, that's why it's so important. The influence that we have, uh, especially on our daughters, obviously we have influence on our sons, but with our daughters, um, you know, I feel like it goes much deeper than just like appearance. Uh, you know, girls, they have a pressure, especially nowadays to be smart, thin, um, pretty involved in certain activities, um, but we, as dads, we have the ability to make our daughters feel beautiful, you know, inside and out. Um, and I don't know, it's just, there's a lot of things, especially having girls as they get older. Um, now I don't know you, you're, you have a daughter and she's in her teens now. Uh, she's officially a teenager. You said she's 13, right? Yeah. Yep. Teenager. Yeah. And so you're going to start getting into those teenage years, um, maybe some rebellion, maybe some, things here and there Um, I feel like or do you feel like up to this point you've established a a a strong relationship and a clear understanding that if she you know has issues with self-image or she has issues with um certain things going on she can come to her dad um who you know like you said typically they go to mom for comfort and and things like that um but I feel like us as dads, we play a huge role in their self-esteem. Um, you know, so I, I guess do you feel like up to this point, into her older teenage years, that you've kind of established that with her, that she has that trust in you. 
I would hope so. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think I've always done the best at that. I mean, we, but at the same time, I've, ah, it, that's a hard one because, I, I mean, you hope that they, they, they see that you care. I mean, a lot of dads, I think part of them, they're still trying. There's a verse in first Corinthians 13 that talks about uh, when I was a child, I acted like a child, but when I became a man, I did away with childish things. Mm -hmm. I think in many ways that is not emphasized enough. Um, There's a lot of guys out there who leave it all to the mom or leave it all to the, the school or leave it all to grandparents or whoever it is to try and figure it out. And there's a lot of guys out there who just go ahead and go do their own thing and don't, you know, they're not heavily invested in their kids and all those things. And, you know, um, the last time I picked up my golf clubs was 13 years ago. And it was, I, one of those things I think that hit me was I realized that I needed to be, present with her not that i always had to be there or that i always need to be in her presence Mm -hmm. but i did need to be present like if she needed something i'm going to be there or you know if there was something on her mind i'm going to drop usually whatever i'm doing and we're going to address it Mm -hmm. we she's a softball player we do a lot of um of I do a lot of coaching with the kids and all that kind of stuff. And there's been several conversations about that and, um, or times where, you know, she knows I'm not happy with her out there or she's mad at herself and she's trying to figure it out and trying to work through all those things. And it's, it's interesting because she'll know that what she's doing is not good enough or that she's struggling with something, but, at the same time, she will come over and she'll say, all right, what's the issue here? I, I, I'm trying. I can't figure it out. And I think sometimes for dads, we just need they need to know that we're going to be there. We're going to listen. We're going to try to point them in the right direction, that they're not somehow s- stealing our time mm-hmm. or stealing something from us. Like we want to do that. Like we want to be that influence, that that voice in their lives. We want to be that source that they can come to when they have questions, because they're all going to have questions at some point. And we need to be the one who says, "Okay, you're struggling with this, but what's the solution? Like, what are we going to do about it? Hmm. And sometimes dads have to be the ones who say, all right, the the pity party's over let's get to work let's come up with some solutions let's let's put in the work to see what how we need to change that and sometimes that's easier said than done and and sometimes you know girls are girls are weird man (laughs) (laughs) one minute they're one way and another they're a totally different way and you know especially for her right now she's going through all these you know the changes that come with that age and you know, the, the sass is ever present and <laughs> all that stuff. And, you know, it, you know, but at the same times, like I could completely shut her out because of all that sass, but she knows I'm not going to do that. Right. And it's been 
some of our some of the moments that have brought me the most joy is when she'll come to me later and say, yeah, dad, I probably shouldn't have been talking to you like that. Will you forgive me? And there's few times I, I'm not super emotional. I can be, but I can turn it off and on pretty easily. Mm -hmm. But there's few times that I have uh, emotions hit me harder than when they do then, because she's it, it it tells me that she's getting it like we've we've taught her you know god's way of dealing with things we've taught her about god's forgiveness and uh, when she sees it on her own and we don't have to you know remind her and all that kind of stuff man it, it's just really awesome to see and i i love those moments truly yeah that's awesome yeah and you know like to kind of go a little bit off of that it's it's essentially just making sure that they understand that like because so for me um I, I i've always been a gamer right my whole life mm -hmm. and not that video games are inherently evil um or or a bad thing but for me it was because i was i play when i would play video games i would play for hours I mean, when I was a like a younger kid, I would, I would play by the from when the sun came up to when mm. it came down. I was playing video games, right? and sure. carried into my adult life as well. Well, when we had our daughter, I would still play video games here and there, not as much, obviously, because in those first three weeks, uh, it's impossible. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, so I, I I would play video games, and what I would notice is that. Um, you know, I'd be so focused on this game um, that I was missing things. And, mm. um, you know, I didn't want that to carry on the rest of my life. So what I did is I've completely cut out video games. I, and I don't think I've play, picked up a controller to play a game in, in months, maybe even close to a year um, since she was born. Mm -hmm. The point of that is like, I, I want to be intentional with my time. Mm. And... You know, as she gets older, she to know that I am I am not going to be distracted by a video game. Like, I remember when people would try to talk to me when I was playing a video game, I'd be so irritable, so irritated and like, yeah, 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 yeah OK. <laughs> and it took my attention away. And, and I didn't want that. Like something I post a lot is, is, you know, put the phone down, go be present with your family. It's because that's something that I've struggled with for almost my whole life is being distracted by by video games and technology just in general and having a daughter really showed me that not to discard my wife but you know like yeah. having a wife also showed me that i need to be more intentional with my focus and my time um but you know having a daughter it, it really showed me that i like there's I've, I've got to cut things out that are not worth my time and you know, I, I, I've imagined because she's only a year and a half. She can't even talk yet. But I just I daydream all the time about when she gets older and how how I how I want to do things. And one of the biggest things is, you know, I want her to know that um, because me and my wife have conversations about it all the time. You know, if she's struggling with something, she really needs to know that I'm I'm listening to her. Um, mm. She she needs to know that 
I'm, I'm focused when it's time to be serious and sit down and have a conversation about something or, or what have you, it's, it's, it's time for me to, to buck up focus. And, and, and that, that's kind of where we can play that comfort in. Um, Cause us as men and, you know, naturally we, there's, there's not a lot of comfort there is, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, we're, we're pretty, uh, we're pretty uh, standoffish in a sense as men and pretty tough right yeah and so when you have a daughter that's something that you have to you have to kind of put step back and and understand that women aren't the same as us young girls aren't the same as as men and we have to we have to kind of not necessarily conform but understand that there is an importance in uh kind of reaching into that femininity whether we like it or not, we do have, um, you know, feminine traits and insides in us as men. And, you know, I think that's naturally given to us by God because we're going to have daughters, <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, I really like what you said there. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I think at some point, you know, uh, so we were playing uh, Super Mario. We played Mario Kart a lot. And uh, on the switch, and it's fun when they're able, you know, they're old enough to kind of play with you. Right. Now, the hard part is if you're super competitive, which you probably are if you were into it that much. Yeah. Uh, and so am I. I. I don't like to lose. But at some point, they're going to get better and, and they're going to start beating you. And that's when it really gets hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember the first time she beat me and I didn't let her which I really hardly ever let her anyways. Uh, and cause I'm a, you know, earn it, deserve it, that sort of thing. Um, but I remember the first time I'm like, it's still fun, but it's not as fun. <laughs> <laughs> now I actually have to try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's so fun. Yeah. 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 Um, no, man, I, I appreciate everything you said. That's, it's so important and it's so important for dads to know this stuff. Um, I guess, I guess we can kind of flow into the end of this with, you know, I, most of my listeners just based on the analytics of this, they're, they're roughly my age. So early twenties, late twenties, maybe early thirties. Um, and most of those men, most of those dad or guys probably are about to have kids or have a kid or a couple kids. Um, and whether they're a daughter or not, um, I would assume most of them are probably going to have a daughter at some point. Um, you know, what, what kind of final things, you know, what big things would you, would you say to these guys as they enter into this whole new world of, um, parenting and children as more specifically daughters, um, what's kind of your final encouragement, final words for these guys as they, as they go into this, uh, this new season. Yeah, I, I would say it's probably two or three things, but, um, the biggest one, if you look at the studies, most, um, girls will marry someone that is at least somewhat similar to their dads, not in every way, but at least somewhat similar in some type of area. And that should challenge guys. I mean, Hmm. it, it should challenge you to raise the bar really, really high. And and, I, and I'm not someone who is like, you know, I, I don't want my daughter to date until they're 30, any of that nonsense. But right. I, 
I I'm I am a guy who wants and does have a very high standard mm. uh, for who that person is, especially now more than 13 years ago when she was born. Mm. Uh, the my level of expectations is really, really high now. And, and because I'm trying to raise that level in my own life. So I'm going to expect that from someone um, that she wants to bring into our lives. And, and part of that means that I must focus on becoming a better man myself, <laughs> whether it's character, um, whether it's, you know, providing, whether it's um, whether that whether that's material or spiritual, both of those things. I think that bar does need to be raised in our lives as men. If we want our our, our daughters to uh, marry someone who is a Christian, who um, is strong in the faith, and we have to model that as well, we need to be that. And I think so example is one thing. I think the second thing is that I want to encourage guys to be patient. Um, that is probably the number one thing that I have struggled with over the last 13 years. Um, you expect something and it doesn't always happen right away. And sometimes we forget that um, different kids learn different, but at the same time, they're just kids. Um, sometimes it takes more than one time for them to understand. Sometimes it takes more than 10 times for them to understand. Now there's different things that may, you know, that, that uh, some things are understandable, other things aren't. Some <laughs> things have to know the first time. If it happens again, if I go touch that hot oven again, I'm going to get burnt. Those are safety things. Sure. But then there's other things that aren't the same, like brushing your teeth every night, right? Or every day. Right. Um, so uh, you got to be patient. And that's something that I wish I would have focused on even more. And for first time dads, uh, part of that patience is learning to be more gracious. And I'm not saying don't be people who have... Uh, set rules, set standards, set discipline, because I think that's important. But at the same time, we can be more gracious in how we carry those things out. Many times we can show more understanding um, for the situation or what's going on. And I, I didn't do well with that for the first several, several years with her. Um, and it, it changes if you have more and stuff like that. But uh, so patience is number two. And then I think another one is, I, I think, to be present. And like I said a little bit before, um, your kids aren't always going to remember all the grand things you either bought them or that um, trips you took, I, I, even though they'll remember them. But what they will remember most of all, especially as we think about Christmas coming up, they're going to get toys they're not going to remember. They're going to want new toys by the afternoon. It's always the case in our house. You know, they're going to forget about the toys, but what they won't forget is the experience that they had and knowing that you were there, you were present with them, that you were having fun with them. And as I look back on my own life and in my childhood, some of my greatest memories were my, my parents just doing stuff with us, just being there with us, taking an interest in what uh, I remember when one of the Maddens came out 
Um, it was the one with Michael Vick. So it's been like 2004, I think. Yep, I had that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that game. Michael mm. Vick was my favorite player because you could just run around everybody. But I remember <laughs> once or twice my dad, I was like, I would, I'd beg him to play with me and, and beg and beg and beg. And then like, you know, once or twice he'd say yes. And he'd come play with me. And that's some of my favorite memories just because he was taking an interest in something I was interested in even though he probably had no interest at all in doing it. Mm. And it's moments like that to be present, even if you could care less about what frozen thing is going on this month or whatever that my, my five-year-old is into, you know, the movie frozen and Olaf and all those people or my son, my youngest, the two-year-old's huge into cars and uh, trains and all that stuff. And even though I may not have, all that much interest in any of those things, I, I'm still going to be present there and say, all right, tell me, tell me about frozen today. What new thing did you learn from frozen that even though you've seen it like 20 times, right. Uh, <laughs> and just being present with them and taking an interest, it means the world to them. So three things, you know, I mean, love them. Um, just be present I just, I just think it's huge. I, I really do. It, it, we can, you know, pull out all these manuals, all these, you know, scripts and books and all this stuff, but it really comes down to that. Love them as Jesus loves you. Be gracious with them and then just be present with them because he's present with us. He, he provides for us. Just think about how gracious he and patient he is with us. Mm-hmm. We can show that same patience to our own kids. Wow. That's glorious, man. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, hey, Cody. Yeah, man. And um, I, I do want to kind of add something, if that's okay. I know you have a family. Go for it. I want to get back to it. Um, you're good. But it, you're so right as far as being present. You know, I, I have a lot of good memories, like with my dad. And one that stands out, um, so we had rock band. Yeah. <laughs> And I loved that game. And it wasn't – so my dad would play with us. He would want to sing every time because he would sing. Um, And and I'm pretty sure we played – oh, what's that song? Um, Wanted Dead or Alive. Oh, yeah. We beat that song to death, man. (laughs) And we'd all – me and my siblings and my dad, we'd all be singing it and playing it. But the the thing that stood out to me the most about that was, like – how much fun we all were having and, and how my dad took the time because he had, he was a busy man and he had a million other things he could have been doing. Um, but he took that time and he played with us and he was intentional with it. And, uh, you know, that, that it reminds me of something that I heard somebody say that, you know, like you said, investing yourself in things that your kids are interested in. If, if my daughter, uh, wants to, you know, learn how to use a, a drone, guess what? We're a drone family now, you know? If she wants to play soccer, we're a soccer family now, you know? We're going to fully invest ourselves in the things that they're interested in, and it's it's so important. It's so beneficial for our kids to see that, that we, we care, that we actually care about the things that they care about. So I love that, man. I, I truly appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, I... It's just so important. Rock band. I was horrible. At it. 
I, I was awful. My <laughs> wife, she's amazing at it. So like, it didn't matter the guitar, the drums, she could do it all. Like I'm over there barely. I remember, what was it? Freebird from by Leonard Skinner was yeah. one. It was real slow at the beginning. So I could handle that on easy and then it started picking up. And I'm like trying, she's over there on like the hardest level, just pounding it out. Like it's nothing. I'm like, come on. I quit. <laughs> Uh, yeah i loved it yeah but it's it's just you know there's lots of things we could do and i i would say this to guys too like don't beat yourself up you're you're gonna make mistakes we all do we see it all through the bible guys made mistakes and we see that today now it's how we respond to those mistakes that makes the difference Are, are we gonna use it just to say yeah we're done or yeah, we're just we're just going to be screw ups or or do we say, no, I can learn from this and I'm going to change and I'm going to be better. I'm going to do better. And that's where the real change happens is when you own them, you make them some mistakes and your kids will see it. And that's that's huge for them, because if they just see you just brush it off like it's nothing or not own it. They're going to do the exact same thing. They've learned far more from seeing our example than from our words. And when they see us own our mistakes, take responsibility, make things right, and do all those things and strive to be different, it's going to speak volumes, volumes to them. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Hey, you nailed it right on the head, man. That's perfect. Yep. Well, Awesome. This was this was a very beneficial conversation for me, man. Um, I know it's gonna, it's going to be very encouraging for other dads. Um, so I, I truly appreciate your time and I appreciate your your words of wisdom here. Sure. But uh, well, hey, where can everybody find you, man? Yeah, um, I think probably the best place is on Instagram. Just go to at be a man bam. There's underscores between those uh those words there but they can send me a direct message or um i'm on twitter i'm on all those things as well so just go look me up hit me up if you have any more specific questions i'd love to answer those too if i can offer any kind of advice we've i mean i don't see myself as that old but then you know four kids she's 13 i'm like maybe i am starting to get old i don't know (laughs) but if i can offer any kind of advice or whatever or point you in a direction i would love to help in any way i can but i i appreciate you cody i appreciate you having me on and uh i love what you're doing i hope you keep doing it hey you too man i, I truly appreciate it thank you absolutely all right well i'll holler at you later brother okay sounds good i'll see you bye Thanks for listening to the Of Sound Mind podcast. If you'd like to be on the podcast to share some wisdom, please reach out to me on my Instagram page of Sound Mind Feed. You know, I believe everyone has something they can bring to the table, and I'm always looking to be sharpened by others because, frankly, uh, I don't have it all figured out. So stay encouraged and get after it. <laughs>